Lobster! listening to the Nardwar the Human Serviette Radio Show on CITR FM 102 Cable 101.9 used to be no longer Vancouver British Columbia Canada and yes it's time right now for the Nardwar the Human Serviette Radio Show you just heard right there from Portland Oregon brand new from Youth Bitch I'm in love with girls youth bitch on the dirt nap slash johnny cat record label and speaking of bitches today on the nardwarda human serviette radio show an interview with from miami florida trina the baddest bitch trina 
the baddest bitch on the Nardwar the Human Serviette Radio Show. And right now, going to play something by a band from Seattle, Washington, the Bottlenose Coffins, with a song called Christy Yamaguchi on the Nardwar the Human Serviette Radio Show. is Leslie Ledbottom and I'd like to um, thank everybody for like buying this awesome super deluxe that is guaranteed I hope to go you know platinum record by Aunt Piet and Throw the Pea Girls. It's entitled a little bit of respect. We yeah, respect. respect it's okay. not a little bit of respect. It's respect all the way. Okay. All I'm like, the time. I must get top billing. I'm, I'm guaranteed. This Everyone. time we coming out the box so strong, so strong. We gotta be so, so strong. strong. I can't. So I, I can't stand it. I'm taking. I'm taking no mess. Another world, got no time for games. 
Still listening to the Nardwar, the Human Serviette Radio Show. You just heard right there from 1986, Gigolo Tony with Smurf Rock. And before that, Anquette with Respect on the Luke Skywalker record label. And before that, we began with the Bottlenose Coffins from Seattle, Washington with Christy Yamaguchi. Coming up, an interview with Trina, the baddest bitch from Miami, Florida. And to prepare you for Trina, the baddest bitch, gonna play something by Millie Jackson from the record Feelin' Bitchy. We're gonna hear You Created a Monster. 
And we're also going to hear some original Boutte music from Miami, Florida, the roots of Boutte music, some Clay D with that booty in there, the roots of Miami bass. And in an interview with Trina, the baddest bitch, here's Millie Jackson from Feeling Bitchy with You Created a Monster.
Who are you? I am Trina. Trina, the baddest bitch. The baddest bitch. Welcome to Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada. Thank you so much for having me here. Trina, right off the bat, I have to ask you about one of the greatest LP covers of all time. What can you tell the people about this? What do you remember about this album shoot? Oh, wow. <laughs> this was really interesting. Um, this was a model guy. He actually was my victim. And I was uh, a, a, a naughty nurse. And I was actually, like, reviving him. I guess he just was out of it. He saw me and he passed out and or fell and hit his head. And I had to, like, bring him back to life. That's, you know, something the bad bitches do. And what exactly are you wearing or not wearing there, Trina? Um, I'm just wearing like a nurse's jacket and like some, I had on I think like red, um, like sexy panties and just heels. So there are panties. Yeah, they are. <laughs> oh, it really is, yeah. Because <laughs> you have a song called No Panties. Oh, no Panties, yeah. It was one of my favorite songs. An incredible album cover. Thank you. Trina, you are the baddest bitch and you're in vancouver british columbia canada at this bitch party and i want to ask you about some famous bitches here for instance millie jackson feeling bitchy are you down with millie jackson at all of millie jackson i think she's very bitchy she's amazing what can you tell the people about millie jackson Um, I just think she was a sexy, sexy, sensual woman. And I think she was very expressive. And I think that's really important. And, you know, I think ladies, you know, a lot of ladies want to be really expressive or be sensual. And they don't really know how. So they're kind of hidden behind it. And I think she was one that just, you know, she just spoke it out. And that's what, you know, if you're sexy and you're bitchy, you love that. Going back to the old school, doo-doo. Brown. Doo-doo Brown. <laughs> Going back to the old school and cat. Oh my God. Wow. Respect. 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 And this is Miami representing, isn't it? You've covered Anquet. Yes, I love them. Um They look incredible. They, what can you say about Anquet, Miami? Um, you know what? They were just amazing. I, I was really, really young when they were out, but I just remember like they were just like the roundaway girls. They were all the gold, you know, they had the funky hairstyles, they had the sexy songs for girls and you really didn't kind of understand everything about it, but you just knew it was good. It was sexy, and and you wanted to have that same vibe. And I know now when I look back at it now, it's just like, wow. And they were amazing. I was a huge fan of them. Huge fan. And you sampled them because you cover Always, and they do Always yes. there, too. Yes, Always with Monica. Yes, I love that record. That was one of my favorite records. And when I got in the studio and got a chance to do it, um, I thought just of somebody with a beautiful voice. And, of course, Monica came about. And we just put it together. And... It's, it's, it's just a really I love them And I thought it was just A great thing to do Props to Anquette Thank you And Trina Thank you The baddest Bitch Here in Vancouver British Columbia Canada Trina Now you like the sexy Raw material Don't you Sexy raw Yeah And I was thinking Do you know The best Porno rapper ever From Miami Blowfly I don't Uh <laughs> Uh, is it the girl or the guy? It's a guy, Blowfly, the original porno rapper. Uh, I, I think I probably was too young. I don't remember Blowfly. I don't remember him. <laughs> wow, but this is album cover? That's his album cover. <laughs> oh, this is... <laughs> He's from Miami Gardens. He's the original porno rapper. Amazing. He did a lot of stuff with Casey and the Sunshine Band, too. I remember Casey and the Sunshine Band. We sampled one of their records also. Um, but I don't, I don't remember him. Um, I don't know. Well, time to get hooked up with Blowfly. Uh, definitely time to get hooked up. Def- I'm going to definitely listen to this record because I should know about it. This is crazy. 
Now, what I was wondering, Trina, do you work at UPS at all? I didn't work at UPS. I worked at AT AT&T. Which was even worse. I hated that. I hated that job. I hated working for AT&T. I hated calling people's phone and trying to get them to switch over to AT&T. It was the worst job ever. Do you remember your spiel at all? Like what you would say? I would just be like, hi, this is Katrina Taylor and I'm calling. Um, I have a discount off and today we're giving a special and we would like you to transfer your service and, you know, and AT&T is offering such wonderful family and friends packages and da da da. It just went on and on. It was just like so annoying, especially when someone would just like, stop calling my phone or just hang up or and now that I have AT&T and they do it to me, I hate it. It's so annoying. Imagine if you did it now. Hi, I'm Trina the baddest bitch. <laughs> that would be awesome, right? That would be extra annoying, I think. Yeah. Trina, Bo the Lover. Uh, radio DJ, yes. Bo the Lover. Miami. Yes, yes, Bo the Lover. Did he help a lot of people like yourself in the early days? Um, he, he was definitely influential. Um, he was an amazing DJ. Well, he still is an amazing DJ. Um, and he, he, he's like the underground circuit, which is, you know, where you can't play songs on the radio because they're so raunchy or so provocative or so bitchy and every word is a curse. You can't bleep it out. I think just the underground world because you have a lot of like underground clubs and you go to and they break records and it's not the commercial type record and, and, and that's a good thing and he still does that to this day which is really great. So I would definitely say he contributed a lot to doing that. I want to ask you about another DJ right here, DJ Magic Mike. Oh my God! Another old school Miami. <laughs> yeah, he was a great DJ. Um, I just these guys are like underground DJs, so they they was great influences and and just the music genre that that you couldn't hear on mainstream radio and you just turn the station there's no commercials it's just back to back to back nonstop music and records you never heard before so that's what make them special now you know a lot about miami because you're trina the baddest bitch so i thought i'd ask you do you know anything about clay oh. d at all <laughs> of course <laughs> Oh wow, <laughs> this is crazy. Um, this, this is, you know, this was when it was. This is booty music, like this is what we call booty music. Like everybody today, you know, it's twerking and it's that other whatever they call it. But this is what we call booty music because it was bass, it was fun, and it was all about dancing and just shaking your butt and like, I mean, get down to the ground, doo-doo brown. Like it was just booty music. So this was the era of that, and I was really, really young, and I just recall like. I'm not supposed to listen to this music, but I like it and I'm dancing and I'm shaking and I'm twerking and I'm shaking my booty and doing all kind of stuff, which I know I shouldn't have been doing. But this was the the reason because of this record. And Trina, the baddest pitch. If you turn over this record right here, we even see some more Clay D. He did the best album covers, didn't he? Yeah, his album covers is classic. This is this is this is um this is classic. I don't know if we could get away with this nowadays. You know, everything's changed, but I know when this came out, I, you know, it was so young. It was almost like you shouldn't see that, but now when you look at it, it's just like you know. Wow, you know, but yeah, definitely classic. Everybody, it's Miami though. It's the beach. Everybody's naked. Everybody's nude. Everybody's real skimpy. I, you know, this is what it it is. This is so South Beach, so Miami. Shout out to Clady. Yes. <laughs> if we head over to Liberty City, what's the Liberty City flea market like? Um, the Liberty City flea market is just a place where you go. It, it's like you there's clothes, there's shoes. It's like a big shopping plaza, very discountable, very affordable. Um, it's everything. Um, hair, uh, food, 
rise like a you know it's just a fun place it's a place i think just people go to just to a day off like to shop and to get dolled up or to get a haircut or to eat food or just hang out you know and it's we got a celebrity guest cameraman here red one from the rascals uh-huh. he was getting really close there wasn't he he wanted to get some good cutaways of that yeah he did classic classic Maybe just a bit back there red one if that's okay <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's an ama- just maybe over there if you could red one red one wanted to get a shot you know it's, it's, you know, it's classic you want to get a shot of that take a good look <laughs> Trina I was also curious what is a conch fritter Oh wow! Um, my family is Bahamian, so they're from the Bahama, Bahama, Nassau, Bahama Island, and the Grand Bahamas Island. And it's just it's it's like a it's conch is a shellfish. It's something that we eat in the Bahamas, and you just it's, I don't know what to say. It's almost like is it like snail? Or, I don't know. It's you peel it out of the shell, and it's, it's almost like an aphrodisiac. People say it's like a pancake. Yeah, you make it because you put it into like batter and you you fry it and you put the conch with the batter and mix it and it comes out almost like a pancake except a pancake with conch inside of it. But people, a lot of people don't know what conch is, so it's definitely it's a shellfish and it's it's delicious. I love it. And you can get it at Miracles in Liberty City. Yes, that was one of my favorite places. <laughs> oh, ladies, when I I um I grew up. Um, well, I, I I went to school in Liberty City, and I used to walk home from school every day, and I would walk to Miracles every day just to get conch fritters and, like, conch salad. So that was, like, a fun thing. Wow. It's still there. It still sells the best conch fritters and the best conch salad. How about Jumbo's chicken? Is there a Jumbo's chicken? <laughs> Jumbo's, wow. Um, I haven't been there in so long. I used to go there a lot, like, really I was so young and I was hanging out at the teen clubs and after the club we would go to to Jumbo's because you could take pictures and you could eat food and we just hang out there and they have the best Jumbo shrimp ever so that was the reason for hanging out there and it was Bruton's Market too yeah <laughs> oh wow um, it's, that's just it's a fun um, market that you just go and they sell Kung Salad also and you um, they sell a lot of snacks and sandwiches and just junk food that we like to eat trina the baddest bitch i wanted to ask you a little bit about an important liberty city dj rest in peace dj uncle al what can you tell people dj uncle al um dj uncle al is amazing um i grew up listening to him um i was younger but he was like the the dj that would come and do like block parties and come to like the schools and do like the jamboree and like it would just be like festivals and or parades and he was set up on the block like miracles perhaps and which is where his area was and he would just set up his whole DJ system and just DJ for hours and hours and it'll just be gangs of people and just they'll come and hang out and they'll just party and he'll play music and you'll just dance and you know drink food I mean eat and drink all night and he was just an amazing amazing dj and he was an amazing guy he was real funny and real humble but a real quiet kind of guy and he had a, a huge and major impact on I, I i would say every artist and dj that comes from miami like they all learned and you know mimicked him and he he was so well respected and everybody like if it was Uncle Al, like he was the one to break a record, play a record, show you love, make sure everybody knew about you, like invite you to perform. And he he's just an amazing all around guy. Trina, you have a new song called Ass Fat. 
I guess I was curious. Have you ever met Sir Mix a lot at all? Um, I, I didn't ever meet. I never met him. Uh, <laughs> wow. I've never met him before. Um, but that song just was. It was a funny song. Now you have a song where you mention Cisco in a thong. Yes, uh, pull over. Pull over. How hard was it to get Cisco in a thong? He's in a thong in the video. Um, um, no, that wasn't actually Cisco. <laughs> like, <laughs> that was not Cisco. That was a guy or somebody they casted to be a Cisco lookalike. And um, and I, when I I was shooting the scene, I didn't actually see him get prepared for it. But once I shot the scene and we got ready to sit on the beach for that part. I saw and I was trying to refrain from laughing because they were filming and I was, you know, it was the chorus. I was doing my part, but I I kept looking like and it was, you know, just out of my like instinct like Cisco. No, it wasn't. It was a cast, but it was so funny. It was just so funny to watch. So funny to just see it. And but it was fun, though. It was really funny. I was curious, though. Thongs. Do you know anything about Gigolo Tony, another Miami old schooler? Oh, wow. Um, if we turn it over, we see Gigolo Tony in... A thong. A thong. <laughs> oh, my God. Um, I, I was really young. I don't know much about Gigolo Tony. Um, I, I don't really... Is this a good Miami look? Is this a good Miami 80s look? I believe so. You know what? Because the guys are real cut up. And, and it's Miami, so everybody's into fit and body. So I, it's not a surprise to see a guy in a thong. Me, personally, it's a bit much. I mean, even in my video, like with the the the, the um, crossing guards and everything, every that's just a Miami type thing. Um, and he got a nice body. Honestly, I don't really know much about him. I think I was too young to know about him. But I, I could probably re- remember probably his a record or so if I heard it. Winding up here with Trina, the baddest bitch. I noticed you have a song called I Want on your brand new tape. Yes. And I thought, hmm, what does Trina want? Um, oh, wow. Beyonce. You love Beyonce, don't you? I want Beyonce. <laughs> I was thinking, what can I get Trina related to Beyonce? And I thought, I will give her a gift. The first Destiny's Child record. Thank you. With the other two women, Latoya and Lativa. Yes, I love this. I love and Kelly Rowland. I love Beyonce. I love the whole Destiny's Child. Uh, this is this a good gift for you? Yes, this is an amazing gift for me. I really, really love this. This is an amazing gift. Cause when I, did you get into Destiny's Child and Beyonce? Was this when you got into Beyonce? Um, yeah, I think it was like around this time. I because because um we were all doing like a like a. Uh, promo run promo tour whatever and I remember performing a couple of dates with Destiny Child and got a chance to meet them and they were just amazing girls and I I just you know it was girls so it was girl power girl records and instantly I just like fell in love with them there's a video of you at Club Rolex yeah (laughs) oh wow and what I was curious you're doing some interesting things in the club what was I doing involved money uh, <laughs> was I throwing it up? Yeah. <laughs> <In> it rained. <laughs> you were indeed. <laughs> and it made me think, wow, you're wasting that money on women because you could have eaten outside. What do you think about eating at strip clubs like Fat Man Barbecue? Um, I love eating at strip clubs, honestly. Um, you know what? It's 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 not the best thing because it's late night and it's greasy food, but it has some of the best food all around, I must say. Everywhere I go, Miami, Atlanta, Houston, Tech, Dallas, uh, every strip club I've been to have great food, like wings and fries and just good stuff at night, and I love it. 
Have you been to the Prime 112 restaurant at all? Prime 112, yes. My favorite restaurant in Miami. Why is it your favorite? They have great lobster, macaroni and cheese. The ambiance is amazing. The service is great. And their food is just delicious. How about Joe's Stone Crabs? <laughs> Love Joe's Stone Crabs. It's seasonal, so you only could go like certain times of the year because the crab's not always in season. So, But I love that place. Do you like snow cones? Yes, I love snow cones. <laughs> Have you ever been to Jackson's at all? Jackson's Ice Cream, where you can eat the kitchen sink. Oh, my God. Yeah, I've been to Jackson's. Jackson's has good ice cream, good food, good snacks. It's a snacky place. And winding up here, Trina, the Pork and Beans Projects. Oh, my God. That was, like, not too far from my high school. Um, and it's just projects. You know, it's the hood. It's ratchet. But people live there. And I used to, well, I didn't exactly walk that way from school. But sometimes I would, like, walk towards there. But, yeah, it's, it's in the city. It's Liberty City. How about Alenzo Kelly Park? Have you been there at all? I've been there before. Um, different functions. Um um, the, the Little League football games. Um, and, and so when they have like different festivals, I would go there. And this is where it all sort of began, didn't it? Nan, Trick Daddy, and Trina the Baddest? Bitch. <laughs> what do you remember about this recording session? This was amazing. Um, this was the funniest thing because I, um, I got a call from Trick to do a record, and I was thinking he was insane. And I was like, well, I'll come over and listen to the record. Like if you cook And so he was Trick is an amazing cook He made kung fritters And just a whole bunch of stuff And so I remember me and my girls My friends We went over And we listened to the record And it was just him And I was like So what am I gonna say Like <laughs> like after you said all of that And we just laughed And I don't know It wasn't more about me doing a rap It was just about me talking dirty and bitchy And you know Just being me crazy and I was like I don't know I gotta think about it it's real raunchy it's real dirty and I think about it and everybody was like no you gotta do it you have to do it you gotta kill him you gotta go hard and like you know the girl's gonna love it so we went we set up the studio a couple days later I went to the studio and I recorded it and it was just like ah raunchy the provocative I was like who is that person I don't, is that that's not Trina like who is that and that's how the baddest bitch came about because I was like out of my inner self I was like that's not me in there that has to be like some alter ego person something I like Wonder Woman turned into or something and then it was just that's how it came about but this was amazing when this came about it hit everywhere everybody every girl every it, it shocked me I had to step back to think if it was really me I don't know like if that person you know but yeah amazing Trina the baddest Bitch. I saw you on Comedy After Dark. Oh my gosh, did you? Yes, and you were talking about men during sex. <laughs> I was? Yeah, and noises that they make during sex. Men? Yeah, I, um, <laughs> oh my gosh. Um, uh, I think it's good. Um, cause you were saying they make some ugly noises during sex. Um, oh yeah, definitely. You know, it's this thing that's like this grunt or this like ugly face and this noise and you be like, you're in this moment and you look like, like you don't want to turn off. You the demonstrate the noise. <laughs> you know, so we know what to avoid. Oh my gosh. I think every woman knows that ugly noise. There's some. Please, Trina. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I can't do it. I don't know. I can't do it. I don't know. Um. This is so funny. <laughs> I can't do it. They're laughing. That's wild. Uh, <laughs> I can't. I don't know. I don't know the. <laughs> 
you are you have me so on the spot. I just I can't I don't know the noise in my mind. I have to I have to be doing sex. <laughs> I have to be doing it to to hit the to do the noise. I can't do them because it sounds so ridiculous. Well, thanks so much, Trina. Keep on rocking in the free world and do 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 brown. <laughs> uh, almost do 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 do. Do yeah. <laughs> Pull over that ass too fat. 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 Dump in the truck, thighs like what? Ain't man hold that more booty in the butt. Just don't make that song when you see me in the thong, the thong, thong, thong. I know you like the way the booty go, like a pro. Take him off the bed, throw him on the You're still listening to the Nardwar, the Human Serviette Radio Show. You just heard right there, Trina, the baddest bitch with Pull Over. And before that, an interview with Trina, the baddest, the baddest bitch. 
gonna right now play some more Miami bass music. Gonna play something by DJ Magic Mike and MC Madness. You want bass from 1991 on Cheetah Records. And also gonna play something that's not really bassish, but involves the bass. Big Eyes from Seattle, Washington. Gonna hear Perfect to Be Alone on the Nardwar, the Human Serviette Radio Show. Here's DJ Magic Mike and MC Madness. Tip. 
the fat brown head off the tip of my Don't worry, I don't slip at the lip Like UPS, I run the tight ship No bleep for blunders gonna drag me under While I rock to the quad that drops like thunder I wanna kick it smooth And at the same time, I shall remove Suck the seek static like a crack addict I'm gonna call your bluff cause I had it So you wanna leave with haste before I tear down the place with bass You want bass? You got bass
And you're still listening to the Nardwar, the human serviette radio show. You just heard right there from Portland, Oregon, the chemicals. Thank you, Johnny Cat Records, with crosstops and tune you out. And before that, from Seattle, Washington, we heard Big Eyes with Perfect to be alone on the Grave Mistake record label. And this was from the demo that Big Eyes did in 2010. Big shout out to Big Eyes from Seattle, Washington, 90125. No, that's not exactly what it is. They're also via new, well, we won't even say where they were from because once you're, well, okay, Tacoma, Washington as well, and some strong island. Big Eyes, thank you for prefer to be alone and before that as i mentioned we had dj magic mike and mc madness with you want bass the roots of bass music from 1991 coming up right now something from la chat noir and after Le Chat Noir, we're going to hear beep in my hair thank you Le Chat Noir for sending me this record Le Chat Noir is from Seattle, Washington. And we are going to play something that mixes well with Le Chat Noir. We're going to play some Piss Test, also on Johnny Cat Records from Portland, Oregon. We're going to hear Frigid Punks on the Nardward Human Serviette Radio Show. So right now, here are the Le Chat Noir Ensemble. Le Chat Noir with Beep in my hair and in some Piss Test. Frigid Punks is the tune on the Johnny Cat record label. Thank you again for this giant stack of records, Mr. Johnny Cat. Here's Le Chat Noir on the Nardwar the Human Serviette Radio Show. <laughs> Shoot, <laughs> 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 
and you're hopefully still listening to the Nardwar the Human Serviette Radio Show. You just heard right there a double shot from Piss Tess, Necrophilia, and Frigid Punks. And wanted to remind you, the opinions expressed on the Nardwar the Human Serviette Radio Show are only those of the artists played. Piss Test, Necrophilia, and before that, Frigid Punks by... Piss test. And before that, some Le Chat Noir with Beep in My Hair. Thank you, Johnny Cat Records again for Piss Test. And thank you again also, Le Chat Noir for Beep in My Hair. Right now, to end the Nardwar to Human Serviette radio show, we've had some fucking, we've had some shitting, we've had some pissing, so why not bring it all the way back to the toilet. Right now, here's a record we're going to play called Hey Baby, It's the Crepitation Contest. No shit. It's an actual record on Laugh Records about the power of positive thinking. It's for adults only as well, so please tune out if you're easily offended. Crepitate. Latin. Crepitator. To crackle. To crack. To make a crackling sound. To break wind. So here we have a record all about a crepitation contest. It seems also to have been recorded in Vancouver at a radio station many years ago, and it's very crackly. No, it wasn't recorded at CITR. I really have no idea or no affiliation with the record, but it does sound something that was almost recorded off a radio onto a reel-to-reel and then put on a record. But here we go to end the Nardwar Human Serviette radio show for today. Hey, baby, it's the Crepitation Contest. No shit. Laugh Records on... The Nardwar, the Human Serviette Radio Show. And if we don't get to the very end to find out who the winner is of the Crepitation Contest, we can play the rest next week, or you can phone up or email me, nardwar at nardwar.com, and I can tell you who the winner was in case we run out of time. Ladies and gentlemen, it is our privilege to bring you at this time an eyewitness report of the first international trepidation contest. We are speaking to you from the ringside of the great Maple Leaf Auditorium, which is packed to the rafters with spectators, eager and curious. For the benefit of my listeners who are not acquainted with the facts relating to this event, it might be worth to describe the two contestants. Lord Windersmere from Wapping Foghole in Devonshire is, of course, the champion of the British Empire. The challenger is Paul Boomer, native son of Australia, who, I understand, worked his way to Canada in the crew of an ocean freighter carrying a load of Melbourne cabbage, upon which... Uh, so it is stated, Boomer trains exclusively. Uh, uh, I see now there's a bit of a flurry around Lord Windersmere's entrance. And yes, here he comes, Lord Windersmere. I'll see, I'll see if I can get him to come to the microphone and say a few words. Joe! So we'll see if we get, get his lordship to come over here for a minute. Uh, tell him it's for the radio. Okay, I'll get him please. Thanks. Well, uh, Lord Windersmere appears to be in good spirits. He's smiling and chatting. Thrown about him is a beautiful silk dressing gown of... Perfect purple velvet upon which is worked, I imagine, to be the, the coat of arms of the House of Windersmere. It's a beautiful thing. A good boy, Joe. Uh, in just a minute, ladies and gentlemen, I think we're going to have his lordship himself come to the microphone and say a few words. Right over here, please. Right over here. Yes. Yeah, right here. Yes. Yes, folks. Here he is. Right in the microphone. The champion himself, Lord Windersmere. Uh, Your Highness, uh, how did you come to take an interest in this uh, unusual art? Well, I suppose you could say it all started over Lady Windersmere's fan. I see. Yes, I noticed she was constantly waving this fan in front of her face, so 
I asked her why did you she did it. And so she retorted that if I insisted on constantly crepitating, she had to fan away in pure self-defense, you So uh, uh, my friends were drawn into the controversy and persuaded me to capitalize on my proficiency and sort of, uh, sort of going for it and all that. <coughs> that. That's all. Thank you very much, Your Majesty. Thank you. And good luck to you. That was Lord Windersmere, a champion crepitator of the British... Oh, and here's a challenger. Here's Paul Boomer from Australia. Paul, over here, please. Please, ask Mr. Boomer to come over here, please. The radio, we want to speak on the radio. Just a moment, ladies and gentlemen, I think we'll have Paul Boomer for you right away. Yes, here he comes. His attendant has just pointed us out. And, uh, Paul, how? <laughs> he just waves his hand in greeting and starts walking over to the microphone. And here, ladies and gentlemen, is Mr. Paul Boomer. Uh, will you say hello to our audience, Mr. Boomer? Hello, Canada! Uh, now tell me, sir, when did you first realize that you were proficient enough to take... A uh, uh, shot at the uh, Empire Championship. Well, ever since I was a little nipper, I liked to fart. I remember I used to make my mother and father laugh their bleeding heads off when I used to let one go in church during the announcement of the ladies' eighth. Excuse me, Mr. Boomer. On the radio, we call it uh, crepitating. Now, look here, copper. What I always says is, a fart's a fart. Whether you raise up on one cheek and sneak, or whether you give it a full blast like I do. Very well. <laughs> As long as the DBC is no objection. <laughs> I personally find the four-letter word much easier to say and uh, more descriptive than the longer and more academic separate. Uh, Thank you. And I would like to say... Oh, and there's the bell. Thank you, Mr. Boomer. And good luck. Paul Boomer hurries off to the center of the arena to meet the champion and to receive instructions. Now the house lights are dimming and the great flood of high-powered electric lights cascade down onto the center of this great arena where stands in simple eloquence as the farting post. The farting post is about four feet high and is decorated with red, white, and blue bunting up to about nine inches from the top. The bare top section is worn smooth by the grip of many hands in previous contests. And now it appears that Paul Boomer is to be the first at the post. Now that, I believe, is customary for the challenger to make the first effort. Yes, Paul Boomer takes off his dressing gown and strides to the farting post. He grips it firmly around the top and flexes his knees. The signal to commence has not yet been given, so we may assume that these are just preliminaries. I think I have time to describe Mr. Boomer's outfit. He's stripped from the waist up and wears a tight-fitting trunks of powder blue trimmed with scarlet. These trunks are similar to those worn by wrestlers with one important difference. <coughs> Excuse me. There's a hole about six inches in, the di in diameter removed from the seat. This, of course, has been done for obvious reasons. This symmetrical aperture is called the fenêtre de brise, literally translated meaning the zephyr window. Mr. Boomer's fenêtre de brise has a scarlet trim around its perimeter, giving a very provocative air to this genial Australian backside. Uh, oh, and there goes the signal to commence. You might have heard it over my microphone. A, a blast on the medieval Bronx's Archpegal, the traditional woodwind instrument associated with this sport for centuries. Now a hush falls on the vast, the vast throng as Boomer walks slowly, deliberately to the farting post. He's exuding confidence that he gives one last all-encompassing grin to the tense audience as he grips the farting post between a pair of hands that look as though they could splinter the post. Now he flexes his knees, much in the manner of a boxer. He seems to be concentrating on the very top of the farting post. You can hear a pin drop, and here it comes. Ah, ah, ah. Oh, a beauty, a beauty. I think it was a triple flutter blast. Yes, that's what the judge signaled. A triple flutter blast. That gives him 25 points right off the bat. Ah, 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 ah. 
And another, another of the same, and another 25 points. That's followed by one, no, two, I beg your pardon, three fuzzy farts in rapid succession. It's amazing how this man can change pace and style of offering by a slight, simple shifting of his buttock area. He's still gripping the post in complete concentration. Boomer now has a score of uh, uh, 65. Those last three fuzzy farts at five points apiece, adding 15 to his previous score. Now, here's something coming. A blooper! A blooper! A perfectly executed blooper! What's that? I'm sorry, ladies and gentlemen. That was a follow-up blooper. A follow-up blooper. The second time in the history of this sport that a follow-up blooper has been achieved in open competition. The only other time, I believe, was during the World Series held in Europe in 1783. During the course of this series, uh, Francois Fouffe, the famous French father, after leaving... Uh, a follow-up blooper defeated Sandy McWind, his Scottish opponent, by only one bloop and then dropped dead. As you know, since then, in honor of Monsieur Fouf, the bloop had been dropped from open competition. And now the score is 105 for Boomer. Flooper, of course, counts 10 points, but a follow-up flooper, a very difficult maneuver, gives 40 points. Well, this certainly has been a whirlwind section. I think the poor Boomer is about played out, or blown out, as they say. What am I saying? There's a fuzzy fight and another. That gives him 10 more points, and he's not through yet, apparently. Wait a minute, here comes a, a three. Oh, oh, a little three. Worth only two points and very dangerous. Uh, and another, a, and another three. Well, not bad. Well, well he's certainly putting up a fight. <laughs> well, he's certainly putting up a fighting finish. Four three. A very hazardous, uh, very hazardous part because of the danger of plotting. But giving him eight, a very valuable point. And there he throws up his hands. He throws up his hands as a signal that he's finished. And the crowd gives him a tremendous ovation. He's sitting down, looking a little pale, a little wan perhaps, but smiling, smiling happily at the crowd. This man has a definite charm about him that has endeared him to all except the most rabid Windesmere fans. And uh, here's his... Uh, wait a minute. Oh, Boomer! 123 points! Did you hear that? Paul Boomer, 123 points, a world record beating Lord Windersmith's previous world mark of 119 by four points. Paul Boomer, this moment, is the world champion. But for how long, we don't know, because Lord Windersmith might take it right back again. And here's his lordship now walking up to the post, apparently not in the least disconcerted by the brilliant performance of the challenger. He's outfitted a little differently from Paul Boomer. He has purple tights, full-length tights, and around the finette de breeze, you remember the hole cut out from the center of his seat, around this there's a fringe of little gold tassels about four inches long. This, no doubt, is some decoration affected by... Uh, just a moment. Seems to be some sort of a dispute here. Paul Boomer and his seconds are on their feet and seem to be arguing with the judges and, and pointing to the fringe on their champion's posterior. Oh, I see. I see Paul Boomer is claiming that the fringe might add a whistle or some other sound to Lord Windersmith's efforts and so increase their value. And after all, in a close three-fourth contest like this, every little advantage must be jealously watched. The judges appear to be agreeing with Paul Boomer, and they direct the champion to remove the fringe. He doesn't like the decision very much, and the crowd is getting... The crowd's getting resentful. They think he should be a better sport about it. And I agree with him. Oh, he seems to have decided that he's got to give in, and he rips off the fringe and flings it to the ground. Then he walks over to where Boomer is sitting. He turns his back, puts his hands on his hips, and... Oh! Oh, he leaves a free right in Paul Boomer's face. The crowd get a, a kick out of this. As you know, a creep is a very low scorer, only two points, but to throw one away just in a gesture of defiance demonstrates the spirit of dash and recklessness which has made the Englishman the champion that he is. He's smiling disdainfully now as he returns to the center of the arena. 
He nods to the judge, to Joe. He's ready. And he... Hello, what's this? He's not going to use a farting pose. Lord Windesmere, the champion, in a final gesture of contempt, scorns the use of the farting pose. Well, this is developing into a bit of a grudge contest. He has his hands on his hips, feet apart, knees slightly bent, and... Ah! A sizzler! His first attempt is... And another one! Two in a row! And another one! A third! Three sizzlers in a row! A tremendous effort! Sixty points in his first... Thirty seconds. I can't go on. Three sisters in a row. A tremendous effort. Sixty points in his first thirty seconds. And one, two, three, four. Four fuzzes. Four fragrant fuzzes in rapid succession. It's a pleasure to see the ease and comfort with which his lordship leaves his spot. Perfect technique. And now his score is eighty points. Eighty points in the first thirty seconds of the post. Now he's getting ready again. Hands on hips. A little bit red in the face as he strains to... Oh, something there. Wait a minute. Something's wrong. His attendants run into him. He's in some kind of distress. I see. Yes, the judge's signal. It was a plot, you. Oh, hard luck, your lordship, sir. Hard luck. The champion left a very bad plot, and will be penalized 15 points. That puts him back to 65 points, 59 short of the 124 he needs to retain his championship. He's all set again and seems to be straining a little more cautiously. And here is... A fundus break. Oh, a beautiful bit of wind-breaking virtuosity. A most difficult, a most difficult part to perform without plotting. This man has wonderful control and the crowd are really warming up to him. That last, that, that fundus break counts 30 points and it takes Lord Windesmere up to 95 points. It's getting very tense now. And here it is. Here is the next one. A trill blow. A trill blow. Ten points. Followed, followed by a resounding single flutter blast. I think that is. Wait. Yes, the judges uh, proclaim that to be a, a single flutter blast. A lovely, a lovely change of pace there. And now the excitement is going unbearable as the champion uh, takes a step away from the post. And his score is... 120, just three points short of the Paul Boomer mark. Just three points short. If he gets one, one more fuzzy or two small threes, it's all over with the shouting, and the challenger will have to return to Australia with his shattered hopes. I think everyone's heart aches for Paul Boomer. He's really a great guy, but uh, Windesmere steps up to the post again and looks very confident as he gets ready for the killing. And here it comes, uh, uh, a three. A three, that's two more points. A little small three was all it was. Two points, and now it's practically over. Just one more of those little threes, those little two-point threes in the contest will be over. It seems as though his lordship was deliberately tormenting Boomer by dallying. But Boomer's smiling. It's a fourth smile, but he's trying hard. He's sitting there trying hard to take it like the grand sportsman that he is. But you can see defeat standing ready to sweep away his dreams at almost any instant. And now Lord Windesmere steps forward, and hello, hello, he's going to use the farting post for his final evidence, team. Uh, flexes his knees. It looks as though he's going to try for a high-scoring effort for a whirlwind finish, perhaps another Sizzler. And now he's trying very hard. The veins are, are starting out on his forehead, and even the trickle of perspiration venturing down his temple seems to hesitate so that this mighty last effort should have undivided attention. 
Now, suggestions that smile from the champion. He seems to have decided just what treatment is going to give this final bid. I see the audience almost to a man is on his feet, breathless and tense. He closes his eyes. A look of pure ecstasy on his face. Oh! Oh, he shits! The champion is disqualified! Ladies and gentlemen, as a special service feature, we have brought you direct from the ringside of the Maple Leaf Auditorium a blow-by-blow description of the first trepidation contest held under international auspices. This broadcast replaced midweek meditations usually heard at the time. Your narrator, Sidney S. Brown. <laughs>